This is How's the Bite with Ken Root and Bob Urban, broadcasting from just above the high water on the Mississippi River at Lock and Dam 10 in Guttenberg. Bob's headquarters is under the big walleye, and uh, he is not swimming yet. He is still out and in good shape. In fact, we're dry in Guttenberg. And uh, Bob, at your headquarters, I suppose people are wanting to talk about the flood. Uh, Truly, it is a historic day. Yeah, we've been fielding a lot of concerns. Uh, obviously, not a lot of fishing going on. They they understand that. But the flood is is the news up here the last couple of weeks. And everything that they said it was going to be, it was. So uh, we're going to be reaching the the peak here, the crest of the flood, 21 foot. Currently, Ken, right now, um, Friday morning, we're at 20.96. So it's pretty much just going to level out for a day or two. And then we're dropping down to... 18 and a half by next Friday is what it, is what it's showing. Uh, that's within 24 hours. There might be some rainfall might affect that. After that, Ken, what I'm hearing is it's just going to be around that 18 moderate flood stage for for quite a while. It just didn't. That's probably the Corps' decision. I would assume to see what uh, they need to go because it's going downstream. It's going to hit the Quad Cities. I saw some pictures down there. Uh, they always struggle with with any kind of water, so. That's where we're at right now. It has been uh, quite a week as far as news coverage. Uh, on uh, Friday evening, CBS Evening News was on Espen Island. That's the island that uh, my wife and I have a cabin on. And uh, Steve Von Hondorf, who's becoming an international celebrity now, uh, offered his boat to bring people on and off the island. And so I asked him to do so back a couple of days ago, and he picked me up on the North Marina up up against the outhouses because that's the only area that was out of the water and as we moved out into the river you know going across parking lots with his motor just as high as he could get it he said silent and scary is how the river feels to him and you know it reaches for a mile across there with no island showing anymore and uh, we turned up into the housing area and here on Abel Island they're three or four feet deep that's the South Island. Then the North one where we live, there are areas still out of the water. And most people in the middle of the island don't have much at all. So we're doing okay. But there are concerns with your water, with the wells that are being overtopped by the flood water. You can't drink that water. Septic tanks <laughs> that may pop out of the ground if they're not full. That would be fun, wouldn't it? And, uh, and then the repercussions afterwards in that... Uh, Everything's so saturated that if you start using your facilities after you get water and uh, and power back on, they may back up into your house because they're too saturated for everything to go through the lateral line. So the county sanitarian, Patty Ruff, went over a lot of these things with me. And I have another podcast on the Esmond Island page and also a little podcast I do called Better Than Nothing that outlines that. But for us... Sorry to take so long there, Bob. I talked to Jeff Kapaska this week. We've talked to him before. He's running this DNR Walleye Challenge tournament. And I asked him about fishing, you know, and what what floods do to fish. And he said fish love floods on rivers. Were you aware of that? I was. Uh, it's nice to it's nice to have the correct knowledge though, just in my my background. Uh, it is. It's gonna be a it, it's it's gonna be a really good year. Uh, for the spawns of the fish. 
they're they're not going to be as disturbed. They're going to get up on those islands. They're going to get up in those trees where they can't get uh, caught. We're fishermen. It's like a re- I, I compare it as a reserve right now, um, mm-hmm. like they have for wildlife. Same concept for the fish right now in a flood. Uh, it's a reserve. They can they can do their thing. Nobody's disturbing them, and we'll see the benefits from that in a couple years. Is what I always tell people. I'm assuming that's that's what's going to happen uh, happen with a. Uh, they're just not being caught. They're not being disrupted and they enjoy the high water. They'll get in and spawn in the trees and, and do well. I've got some questions on what happens to fish in these high water conditions. And joining me is Jeff Kapaska from the Iowa DNR, who is a fisheries biometrician, almost 20 years with DNR based in Boone, Jeff, hello. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you today, Ken? Well, I'm uh, wearing my waders, and I'm doing okay. With your experience here in the fisheries, looking under the water here, what's it like for fish when you get this high water? Fish love floods. Um, That is, and there's really good reasons for that. Um, The biggest thing is, you know, historically, the for um, a lot of the transformation on the landscape, rivers would flood every spring with the snow melt and the spring rains. And so the fish naturally are, um, are ready to go into those low-lying areas that you were talking about that are flooded right now. And they often spawn. Now, not every species um, does that, but a lot of our riverine species um, really take advantage of when spring spring rises and spring floods, and they go out and spawn in these low-lying areas. And they use that terrestrial vegetation as as habitat that uh, that the young fish can have protection from predators. And a lot of the uh, nutrients and and bugs and all kinds of things that that those fish. Um, that grow food for the fish and, and provide food for the fish become available in these recently flooded areas. So when we see floods in the following years, we often see really outstanding year classes of fish. Um, when the Missouri River flooded a few years ago, we have since seen really, really quality populations of, of walleyes and catfish and northern pike and in all kinds of species um, as a result of, you know, the, the rivers getting up and out of their banks and, and going into those places where, where fish can really, um, really do well. When you get more to the interior part of the state of Iowa, but also along the Mississippi, there are often these gravel mines, gravel pits that are, that are located close to numbers of our interior rivers. And when the floods come up, usually later in the year after uh, the flood water has receded, there will be really fantastic crappie fishing in those gravel pits um, later on that year. They they move from the rivers into those gravel pits and they just stay there afterwards and uh, they grow phenomenally. And uh, yeah, there can be just outstanding crappie fishing in those those locations at that time. Jeff, do these fish ever get caught out in these shallows where they can't get back? Some do. 
No question. Uh, you'll see that. And ones that we see most often are um, like common carp, which are not native to North America. And there are other species that get caught there too. But a lot of our native species, they sense when those waters are going down and they just they go with the flow and they follow that uh, that receding water back into the main channels of of the rivers. So there are times that that they get caught in the floodplain pools, but uh, when that happens, you know it's just often a part of that cycle of life. They provide um, a food base then for a lot of raccoons and other terrestrial uh, animals that are going to come back to those um, places after the floodwaters recede. Apparently, the amount of nutrients that come into the water is really good for the fish. I was hearing from California, as an aside, people that have had the big flooding out there over the winter, they're catching giant crappie uh, in irrigation ditches because they've had so much nutrient come through. So I guess uh, it's not all bad. Yeah, no, definitely. And there's definitely some advantages of it, so... With anything, that's how it works. A uh, lot of basements being pumped, a lot of this, a lot of disadvantages, a lot of negatives, but there are some good things that come out of a flood. Well, I've got my power washer, and as soon as people start wanting to move back in, I think I'll. it's gasoline-powered. I'll take it to help people on the island if possible. Bob, we also are going to talk about uh, fishing whenever we get the chance to do so on the river. Brian with Widowmaker Lures has got a new shimmer jig out, and I have a nice conversation with him. Well, Bob, let's go over to talk to Brian. Uh, he has Widowmaker Lures based out of Swisher, Iowa. We've talked to Brian before, but Brian, I understand you've got a new product on the market that you've got out to Bob and other wholesalers, and uh, it's going to go retail here real soon. First of all, how are you doing as we finish winter and are in this kind of flood season here on the uh, Mississippi, but really good conditions uh, across the lakes, across Iowa? Yeah, we're transitioning. Uh, we had a great ice season. Uh wasn't the best, obviously, in Iowa, but we had a strong season up north. So we're kind of transitioning from that now to the open water season. And, yeah, it's been good. we got that new tungsten shimmer jig that we're very excited about, and that's been selling very well uh, throughout the crappie markets. Now, the tungsten can be smaller but still heavy. And uh, what other characteristics does it have for our radio audience that you could describe? Yeah, so what we did is we took a – hair jig here and what we did is we put a tungsten head on it we paired that with a really high-end sickle hook so it has a very sharp sickle hook on it uh so you got color contrasting heads the head and the body uh then you got a hackle tail which is like a feather tail and then we put three strands of shimmer in the tail so that gives off a lot of lifelike appearance uh, kind of imitate a shiner minnow in the water so it's very shimmery in the tail and the body's shimmery as well that's why we came up with the name shimmer jig have you had some guides and others who have been able to try it when it's a prototype? Yeah, we actually tested the prototypes hard uh, actually last open water season with great results. We we're trying to get the colors narrowed down at that time. Uh, we got it narrowed down to eight different colors. We originally were going to go to six, but we had so many 
so much success on these eight that we end up narrowing it down only to the eight, and then we do it in two sizes as well. It comes in a 132nd ounce, and then the little larger 116th ounce. We are in this uh, pre-spawn time uh, on uh, crappie and bluegill. Is this a good time to see if this jig will work? Absolutely it is. Uh, so actually I've been fishing the 16th ounce in the deeper water, like pre-spawn crappies over the last few weeks. Uh, as this spawn does approach, yeah, switch over to that 132nd ounce, and that's going to work great for you if you're pitching it up towards the shore on uh, that shallower water. It's going to give you a slower fall, real natural appearance. Uh, also, you can fish it under a bobber with great results, too. Put a small bobber on, throw that out, just kind of twitch it back to you, and that'll work very, very well for you. Don't be afraid to use it for bluegills as well. It works great for that. Typically, crappies, I'll fish it just like it is. I won't tip it with anything. Some guys do tip it with minnows for crappies. For, personally, I like to fish it as is. But when you're going for those bluegills, you know, obviously after that crappie spawn, we're going to transition into that bluegill spawn. That's when you're going to want to tip it with a little bit of meat. So either put a small piece of night crawler on there or a small worm it's going to have really good results you're still going to catch those straight crappies on it absolutely but for bluegills if you tip it with a piece of worm it's very very effective obviously bob's got a great selection he always stocks an awesome selection of our products uh and then yeah all the way up and down the mississippi river we got quite a few shops out at dubuque lacrosse prairie um as you follow that river up all the way up to Noah and just keep going we got quite a few shops up and down the mississippi river so Widowmaker Lures, it's called the Shimmer Jig. Yeah, absolutely. So that tungsten head, like I said, it's going to give you a little, we touched on that a little bit, it's a little more dense for its size compared to its lead counterpart. So especially as you bump up to that larger 116, so say post-spawn, then crappie start going deep again. And if you're out in the river vertical jigging them in, a, you know, in the brush piles or off the main channels, that's when it's a great to get to that 116th option. It's going to get you down there without giving you a huge profile. A very very effective jig you know come post spawn you know midsummer jump up to that 116th you'll have great results with that well brian best of luck to you glad you got this business going and uh keeping going and you got to have new products coming out as often as you can find one that works so it looks like you're on the right track awesome well thanks a lot ken we appreciate the interview and as always we enjoyed talking to you Are you stocking that lure? Yes. Brian was actually in the other day, Ken. He was getting his boat worked on at JNL. Stopped in, uh, talked with him for a while. He's gonna he's gonna do a lot of you're gonna see a lot of stuff out of Widowmaker here in the next couple of years. Um the shimmer jig, they field tested last year. He let me test some of them. Uh really awesome tungsten jig. Widowmaker, a great company. Brian's going to do great things with the company. And uh, he's really precise, really picky with what he brings out. So lucky him, while we're here working, he gets to go field test. for, And he's heavy field testing, traveling around for a couple weeks here. Getting some of his newer prototypes, uh, maybe some newer colors uh, of the Shimmer Jig coming up in the future. And he showed me some of those uh New things that he has coming out. We have every single one of his colors. They come in 32nd, uh, 16th ounce. There's two in a pack. They have a sickle hook on them. Really good hookup uh, ratios, the hook ratio, the gap ratio, so you can get those crappies uh, really good to cast, even the smaller jigs. I'm loving them. They're, they're perfect for the Midwest market all the way down, the fish in the Mississippi River, and then the lakes, wherever you want to use them, trout as well, so... Bob, let's finish up with uh, Jeff Kapaska again. 
He outlines the upcoming walleye challenge, which starts on the 1st of May and runs for nine weeks through the whole month of May and month of June. You have been a contributor to the prizes. And the goal of it, I guess, is uh, mainly to get DNR data on the fish you catch, but doing it on your cell phone uh, and releasing the fish if you want is really uh, quite a concept. Yeah, I'd like to partner with them, Ken, and and see if we can get some more data on the Mississippi River. Uh, That's where they're going to be struggling. I know a lot of guys uh, can fish walleyes in the smaller pools, uh, smaller rivers. They kind of get congregated in the larger holes. But I think they're missing data on the Mississippi River, um, and that's where we would like to have some folks sign up. On our pools, we are giving away St. Croix rods for some of the prizes, icon rods. Um, I think they're struggling with people right now. We need to get people signed up. Uh, it starts May 1st to June 30th. It's a $25 entry fee, but, uh, just in our prizes alone, I think we're giving away 450 in, uh, rods, $450 in rods. So spend 25, uh, take some pictures, get some measurements and you're able to win a lot of prizes. Jeff, let's change subjects here for a moment, and really, other than having this flood, what I normally would talk to you about, and that is the upcoming Iowa Walleye Challenge that is starting real soon. This is year two for you. How is it going as far as being able to get participation and preparation for launching this uh, very interesting type of fishing tournament? I would I would say it's going really, really well. Um, our DNR fishery staff, our biologists and technicians have, uh, we've been busy out in the field, um, collecting walleyes at, uh, at places like Storm Lake and Clear Lake and Rathbun. And that work to fill our hatcheries went, uh, just outstanding. It's probably the best we've ever done. Um, the numbers of fish that we got, the size of the fish we got, the, the pace at which we filled the hatcheries was just outstanding. So we know that uh, we've got we've got the fish, um, we've got them growing, and we'll have the fish to stock for this year. So that's that's really wonderful news. And then once we completed that work, we had staff go back to work talking with uh, local businesses, um, just like Murray's Murray's Bait there in in Guttenberg. And um, those businesses, uh, fishing-centric businesses all across the state, have just really bought into this idea. They they love it, and they have. There's been an outpouring of support from those businesses for this event. Um, I can I could list n- numerous businesses and and lots along the Mississippi River that that are part of this. Uh, the Mississippi Walleye Club stepped up and has provided uh, a few hundred dollars worth of prizes for um, fish on pools 12, 13, and 14. Um, we've got other businesses, like I said, Murray's Bait is um, donating some walleye rod and reel combinations. Max Bait Shack um, donated a cooler. Uh, the Offshore Resort down in Bellevue has donated a two-night stay um, down at the down at the hotel there. It's just been outstanding the um, the support for this that we have gotten from fishing related businesses. 
Fleet Farm has donated over a thousand dollars in gift cards. It's just it's just wonderful how the businesses are stepping up, and we are really hopeful that uh, that our anglers are going to step up and join this event too. We've got just under a hundred folks signed up, and we're hoping for almost triple that over over two hundred and fifty. So we what we really need right now is uh, for folks to to sign up and register. And uh, do like do like you have done, and and be a part of this. Well, I did go ahead and see if I could sign up and register. And really, there's a great victory uh, for people <laughs> of mental skills in me being able to accomplish it. This uh, MyCatch app is not very difficult to get into. There is a $25 entry fee, which you've got to use a credit card or PayPal or something to be able to pay that. The photo picture. And release, I think, is an interesting concept here. So walk us through it. You catch a fish and you're registered for the tournament. What do you do? You put that fish on a measuring board, and that can be as simple as a tape measure. You just have to have the head at the at the end, the zero mark, and then you uh, you take a picture of that fish. And you need to have the photo be the whole fish, not just you know the tail and be able to see what that next number is. Then we have some information about the size of that fish, and then you take that picture via the app, and then it, uh, it automatically goes into the, into the tournament. Now, the, the software is based upon the catch photo release premise, um, which is great, and if people want to release all the fish that they catch, that's certainly wonderful. But also, um, there's no legal requirement that you have to release those fish. So if individuals want to participate and they, they want to um, keep their legal limit, that is, that is certainly allowable also. Jeff, we're getting real close. When does this tournament start? tournament starts on Monday, May 1st, and it goes for nine weeks through the end of June, Friday, June 30th. Well, all you have to do is uh, go to the MyCatch uh, on either an Android phone or an iPhone and download it. And then from there, you can find the Iowa Walleye Challenge. Jeff, can you go ahead and join any time in May and June? Yes, you can. And uh, just throwing one other thing out there for you. Now, this is great for walleye anglers, but once you download that MyCatch app, if you're out fishing and you catch a largemouth bass, you can take a photo of that largemouth bass also, and there is an additional event that my catch is putting on called the Blotchy Bass Bonanza, and they're trying to find how often people are catching bass with this uh, with a blotchy coloration uh, that's caused by a virus. But anyway, take a picture of your walleye. You get entered for the prizes in the Iowa Walleye Challenge. Take a picture of your bass, and you get entered into the Blotchy Bass Bonanza, and there's prizes for that also. So all you're doing is going fishing and taking some pictures of your fish, and you can you can uh, win prizes for both the walleyes and the bass that you catch. All right. There's really no ulterior motive here other than you want the data. That's um, correct. Yep. Help you expand your work with all your fisheries people. How can people keep from revealing where they caught that fish? So the the app has the ability to see where your phone is at, but no one else does. 
So uh, if you catch a fish and take a picture of that fish, the only person who will ever see the location of your catch is you because the app, you have an ID in there, so you can see when and where you have caught your fish, but I will never see that. I get The data I get will be like there were – 14 walleyes caught on on pool 11 during the course of the event. And I don't know what day they were caught. I don't know where they were caught. Anything like that. Uh, only the person that runs the app and you have the ability to see that. All right. Jeff Kapaska, thank you very much. We'll keep in touch with you as we go through this tournament. And if you have any updates for us, please let us know. I will do that, and I really hope some folks uh, jump on board. There's over $1,000 of prizes for catches on pools uh, 10, 11, 12, 13, and 14, and I think we've got some stuff coming online for uh, pools 16 and on down the river as well. Um, folks over in uh, Blackhawk County can win some prizes for any any walleyes caught there. Um, down at Lost Grove by Davenport, we've got over $500 worth of prizes for there. So there are there's over $8,000 in local prizes over the course of this event, in addition to the $5,000 in statewide prizes. Plus, there's a $250 prize package for the individual who catches walleyes in the most different water bodies in the state of Iowa. <laughs> okay. Well, it's ought to be fun, and that's uh, part of why people fish. So that's right. That's Jeff, and uh, we appreciate the 20 years you put in the DNR and the work you do. Thank you so much, Ken. Great talking to you today. Bob, you have some measuring sticks that would really work well for this walleye challenge. Uh, they are of all different types. And uh, Dan Sawyer, uh, Dan on Mondays, took me through all of this. If you'd like to buy a ready-made measuring stick for your boat. Yeah, Ken, it's it's pretty important to have one of those for a tournament. A lot of tournament guys need them um, for this walleye challenge. Definitely going to need it for that. With the slot limit and stuff in place in the Mississippi River, and people just kind of for bragging rights with your buddy. Uh, if it's not on, if it's not on a stick, it didn't happen. So if it's not on a measuring device or a picture of it, it didn't happen. Basically, we carry a wide selection of those. So I'm glad Dan will go into detail of those. This uh, tournament that's coming up from DNR requires you to measure and take a picture of your fish on the stick. So uh, Dan Sawyer is here, and by the way, Dan works on Mondays, if you want him to be your specialty fishing expert. Dan, uh, I know you could make your own, but what about these measuring sticks you've got here? Some of them are pretty nice looking. Yeah, Ken, we've got probably about a half a dozen different ones here in the store. Um, some are plastic. We've got some that are retractable. Mm -hmm. They take less room in the boat. You can pack them away. Uh, you also have metal ones that are formed out of aluminum. And they come in different lengths. We've got some that are 22 inches. We've got some that are 32. We've got a measure and release one that will go big enough to measure a muskie, which is a mm -hmm. very long fish. It's whatever you want and whatever you've got room for in your boat. 
uh, the, the retractable one goes to 60 inches, which is a pretty good size. And that's tape. a Rapala, right? Yeah, and it's uh, it only packs away into what what do you say about mm-hmm. six inches? Yeah, yeah, or it's, less. And it goes to 60. So if you yeah. get a five foot fish, uh, that's awfully big. But that could work out real well. Some of the others don't uh, scrunch down as much. Looks like the shortest one here is probably 22 inches uh, from tip to end. And then others expand out. And this one called a clam is blue. And it looks like it's aluminum like you ought to mount it on the side of your boat or the bottom of your boat somewhere. Well, they make them real pretty. So catch that fisherman's eye. But uh, the 22 inch is going to get you in the slot limits for the walleyes here on the Mississippi you know, the limit's 15 to 20, so that's going to, your fish are going to fit, fit in between there. Mm-hmm. If you got something bigger, then something that maybe goes to 32 inches, see if you get that big one, you want to measure it. But Probably gonna, a 32 would be about as big as you'd see a walleye around here, wouldn't it? Uh, guys would be drooling all over themselves if they caught a 32-incher, mm-hmm. yeah. Now, you have some that'll slide, seriously, this measure and release, which is 50 bucks, by the way, but uh, Dan has been pulling on it to pop it out. And, uh, oh, man, that's, that's it, nice. It goes to 60 inches also. I'm not sure just what the, the interior lakes, every lake has its own length on muskies, but uh, you need to be aware of that also so you don't uh, keep one that's not legal. You've got uh, the measure and release. That's a long sliding one. It's uh, 49 bucks. You've got a fray bill, which is uh, $22. You've got uh, the clam, which runs... Uh, $36. And then the little one that we were talking about, this Rapala, which is pretty neat. Well, how much is it? It's $20.99. That's a neat little one to have there where you could pull it out and uh, measure and then let it slide back and out of your way. But however you do it, you need to do it to be ready to get into this tournament. Yeah, this retractable one's about two inch wide and it's got big numbers on it. So if you're going to lay a fish down on it, you know, it's easily seen in a photograph to see what the length is so thanks dan you bet bob let's finish up with um murray bait and tackle open normal hours here so yeah folks are coming in they're saying oh geez i bet you're struggling with with the fishing and this and that but there isn't a lot of bait being sold at our store, but what folks are coming in, they're, they're, they're talking about the flood. They're talking about fishing. They're going down south. We are selling a lot of tackle, Ken. It's kind of on those rainy days when, when you get some guys in. It's very similar to that where, where they're just getting ready to stock up for the summer, um, getting their necessities, getting a new pole, getting a new reel. We're lining reels. We're doing all kinds of stuff on the tackle end. And then, Ken, we did talk about this flower craze and this plant craze, and, and it's here. We're four out of five trucks came, and uh, Bob is the new flower guy as well with Kara. So, boy, I've learned a ton this week about different stuff. And and that's going to be our new business on the on the nursery side of things. And, and why not during a flood year where we have something where we can rely on as well? So that's exactly what we wanted it for, uh, and I think we'll be really good at it. We'll have a really good selection by this weekend tomorrow sunday looks like a a cooler day cooler weekend but it should be a good good weekend to get everybody out in the garden get stuff going on is the flower side open the same number of hours that murray bait and tackle is yeah yep we'll take care of you from six to five monday through saturday and then six to three on sundays 
it's tough to get out of here on Sundays at three with the flower and the garden sign open up. So as long as we have customers in the parking lot, Ken, on Sundays, we're going to be here. So Bob Urban from Murray Bait and Tackle on the south end of Guttenberg under the big walleye. I'm Ken Root. Good luck and good fishing.